Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. May the Lord bless you. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. I and Pastor Da love you and believe that God will use you greatly for His kingdom. Remember, the Lord Jesus say, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you." I believe that you are one of those who seek the kingdom of God first. And today, I would like to start to teach the first lesson. In the series called Archering 100, and I would like to teach you little by little to train you how to be effective, anointed, and fruitful archers of the local church. Let us start by praying and asking the Holy Spirit to speak to us together. Father, today we thank you so much for teaching your servant, your disciple. Lord, we are open our heart. To learn from you, we want to be effective in being your soldier. We are on active duty, Lord. We are not just civilians, Lord, in your kingdom. We want to please our enlisted officer, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. So today, we want to hear from you, Lord, how to help in the church, how to give assistance in our local church. Train us, Lord. Anoint us and use us, and the years and the month to come, Lord, we will grow more and we will become more and more fruitful for you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you and we want to obey everything you say, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Today, I would like to give you the first session, the teaching on the roles of the. Archers in the local church. First of all, I would like to explain to you that archers are not just the bucket passers or the hand shakers or the shoe shiners in the church. The archering ministry is the supernatural ministry. If you think that an archer is just only a one who just pass the bucket or offering back. Or shake people's hand, you will pick anybody in the church to be an usher. In fact, an usher is the anointed minister of God, selected and ordained by the Lord. It's a privilege to be an usher, to help people in our meetings or in our local churches. The Bible says so that the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Send the Holy Spirit into the world to anoint people to function in His body in a different office. And usher is one of the offices in the local church. I would like to read First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse twenty-eight. First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse twenty-eight. And God has appointed this in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, 
miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, talk about the ministry of helps. Help with S. Helps are one of the anointed ministry in the local church. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. God ordained and anoints somebody to help or assist people in the local church. After we read this scripture, we can learn three facts or three truths. Number one, the ministry of ushering is ordained and anointed by God. It's not just somebody who want to pass the offering back or just want to stand in the front of the house of God and greet somebody. If you are chosen by God to be an usher, you need to remember the anointing of God is upon you. You have been divinely set in the church for a very good purpose. You are anointed. And the Holy Spirit will work supernaturally through you to be the blessing to many people around you in the church, including the church visitors. Number two, you need to understand that as an usher, your ministry in helping people, assisting people, is just as important as the preacher, the pastor, the teachers in the local church, or any type of leadership. Actually, an usher is also a leader, but functions in a different way from the pastor and the elders and teacher in the local church. You are very important. Amen? You're not just an appendix in the church. You are a vital person to make the kingdom of God expand and the church be strong because of you. Number three, we learned that ushering is the supernatural ministry that can produce miracle and changes and transformation in people's life if you walk under that anointing. You may greet somebody at the front door and when you shake hand with somebody who come in a little bit sick, that person can get healed because the supernatural power of God flowed to you. It's like the ministry of miracle workers or healers. You can just look at somebody's eyes and the anointing flow out of you and that person get encouraged. He or she become lively again in the kingdom of God. You need to serve God in a supernatural way by depending on the power of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, the word helps come from the Greek language, antilepsis, or antilepsis, which means ones who renders assistance or help. If you help somebody in the church, the needy, the person who come in and require some assistance from you, or you give helps or assistance to your leader or pastor, you are functioning as an usher. The ministry of help 
have so many, many, many kinds of ministry, including sound system, the recording teams, or the video team, or even the children program or the worship team. Ushering ministry is part of the ministry of helps in the church. Therefore, this ministry is very biblical and is needed in the local church. In First Timothy chapter three verse eight, the Bible talk about deacons. The word deacons come from the Greek language diakonos. I read for you First Timothy three eight. Likewise, deacons must be reverent, not double tongues, not given too much wine, not greedy for money. Actually, archers are a part of deacons; those who function on a daily basis on the detailed things in the local church to help the pastors, the members. The visitors and new believers, the responsibility of deacons and ushers are very high and very significant. When you study the Book of Acts, you can see the first incident of deacons in Acts chapter six, verses three to six. The deacons in the early church at that time waited on the table. They give. Food to the widows in the church. They relieved the detailed responsibility of the apostle and pastor in the local church. Their functions are so important, so that the pastors and the apostle could have time to pray and to study the Bible and to teach the Word of God. Today, there are many. Kinds of ministry that function like deacons and ushers are part of the deacon team that help people, assist people in the local church to come to know God, to get saved, to hear the word, to be in the presence of God, to be touched by the Holy Spirit. You usher people into the Word of God, into the presence of God, into the miracles. And the salvation of God. Wow, what an awesome job that you can do for the Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me read Acts chapter six, verses three to six to you. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over. This business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word, and the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas. A proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayer, and they laid hands on them. This account in the Bible gives us the biblical principle of the ushering ministry. These seven men help 
the apostle, relieved the detailed work in the local church, waited on the table. They fed the widows. But do you notice one thing? The apostles and the member of the local church in Jerusalem did not just pick anybody. They looked for God's disciple who have spiritual qualifications. Not about being handsome, being rich, driving a nice car, but they look for spiritual qualification. And the Bible clearly say, men of good reputation. These men and women can be ushered to were disciples who fear God and live a righteous life, that they have good reputation in the society. They were full of the Holy Spirit. They loved the Holy Spirit. They wanted to walk with the power and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And there were people full of faith. Stephen, a man full of faith. Therefore, in your local church, when you appoint and anoint people to be archers, you need to look for all these qualifications as well. In fact, when the archers are godly, full of love, full of the Holy Spirit, full of joy and faith, full of faithfulness, loyalty, and dedication, when the visitor come into the church, when the new believers show up in the church or the members show up in the church, they will be impressed and they will praise God and thank God. We can see one situation in the Old Testament when the queen of Sheba came to visit King Solomon and she noticed the archers in the palace of King Solomon. Let me read this scripture and you can see that the queen of Sheba was so impressed. In 1 Kings chapter 10, verses 6 to 8, Then she, the queen of Sheba, said to the king, It was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and saw with my own eyes. She saw with her own eyes. And indeed, the half was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity exceed the fame of which I heard. And listen to verse 8 carefully. Happy are your men, and happy are these your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. The Queen of Sheba was very impressed, not only the wisdom and the prosperity of King Solomon, how much God blessed him, but she was impressed with the team members, the ushering team, and the workers in the palace of King Solomon. They were full of happiness, full of faith. They don't have a long face. They smile and they really greet people with happiness. I pray that your church will have this kind of ushering team who impressed the visitors and newcomers and the new believers. And when they come in, they will feel positive. They open their hearts 
to hear the word of God, and they want to know our God. Amen. I would like to mention about the task or the roles of archers. Today, I will tell you only two roles, and I will continue in the second part of this teaching. Many churches may look down on archers, or many Christians think that archers are just the lowly kind of work. They just pass the bucket of offering. They just greet, shake hands on people, or just catch people who are gonna fall down under the power. They look at these archers as just servant, not very important. But in fact, archers are leaders in the church. They are the ambassador of Christ. They are in the frontier. They represent the pastor and the church. When people walk into the church, the first person that the newcomers, the visitors, the new believers, and the members would meet is the archer. They are leaders. They represent God. They represent Jesus. They represent the church. They are very important in the local church. The first role or duty of the archer is to assist the pastor. In each local church, the Lord Jesus Christ gives the specific vision to that church to fulfill the great commission and the purpose of heaven in that generation, in that city, and all over the world. The pastor is carrying that vision. Archers have the responsibility to assist and to help the pastor to get the vision done and finished and fulfilled for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ. Pastor cannot do that job by himself. He needs to spend time preparing the word, the lesson, the preaching, the teaching, spending time to seek the Lord in prayer. So the archers help the pastor with all the detailed things. On Sunday, I have ushering team who came to my office before I came in to the service to start worshiping and praying. They came to my room. They carry my Bible, my sermon note. They help me to change the battery in my microphone on my head here on my ear. They make sure that I have water to drink on Sunday. They make sure I have napkin. If I have to wipe some of the sweat on my forehead, they help me everything. They make sure that I don't have to worry about anything. I just focus on listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I just focus on what God wants to say today. I focus on the Word and move in the power of God to bless everyone who come to the service on Sunday or. To the revival services, they relieve the burden and the pressure, especially the natural pressure and the natural burden for me, so that I can focus on the spiritual side and be in tune with the spirit of God. The ushering team really build up the atmosphere and the morale in the church. When the pastor behind the pulpit. Say, okay, this is the offering time. Let's give to the Lord joyfully, and the visitor see the 
army of archers stand up and smile and get ready to pass the offering back, and everyone look happy. Wow! The visitor think that this church is so organized, so full of love, so full of joy. I like to come back here. I like to be in this church. You see, the army of archers will build the atmosphere. To support the pastor, whatever the pastor want to do, the job will get done in an orderly way, and the Lord Jesus will be glorified. All the people who attend the service can focus on the word; they don't have to worry about what's going on. That is the first role of the usher. The second role is to meet and greet people. Many times, the pastor could not come down to greet and meet people at the front door before the service or right after the service. Archers represent the pastor. Archers are the first group of people who will meet the visitors, the newcomers, and the members or new believers. All these people who come to church. Will meet the archers first, shake hand first, greet first, look at eyes to eyes, and say hi. How are you? I'm so glad to have you in our service today. The archers represent the pastor. They should warmly welcome people, just like the pastor warmly welcome people himself. This is a unique privilege. Uh, to make the first and long-lasting impression of the people who come to the church, you know, the first impression is very important. When people come to a local church, some of them may be believers, some of them may be old believers, some of them may be non-believers. When they walk into the church, the first impression should be positive, should be godly. Should be full of love and joy. They should desire to come back to the service again next Sunday. The archers will make friends and do everything to make everybody who walk into the service feel so welcome, so friendly, and want to come back again. You go the second mile to try to make friends in a very wise way. You need to learn how to respect people's boundaries when they walk in, but at the same time be friendly, shake hand, or smile, and say the greeting word. When they feel positive and feel good, they will open their heart to receive the word of God. They will open their spirit to receive the Holy Spirit, and eventually receive healing, miracles, and salvation. Many visitors who come to church may have a negative impression about Christianity or about the church. They may come because it's a Mother Day, and the mom who is a Christian in your church invite them to come with her. They may come with uneasy curiosity, but your friendly, warm welcome will change that curiosity. Into security, 
and into enjoyment. And they would think in their heart when they leave the church building on Sunday, I like to come back to meet my new friend. That usher is so nice to me. He smiled at me. Wow, I like to come back to meet him again. Oh, I like the word of God that is preached here. Wow, the presence of God is so strong here. You are so important for the salvation, the miracle, and the healing, and the Lord to meet their need. Many good things will happen to people who come to church because you are an anointed archer. You are the ambassador of Christ. You're going to make a long-lasting, positive, heavily impact on everybody who show up in the church. I would like to encourage you. When people show up in the service, warmly welcome them with your outstretched arm, smile on your face, look at their eyes, seat them at the right spot. Try to find the seat that close to their friend. Maybe you can ask who invite you to come here, and you use your thoughtfulness to look for their friend in the meeting and seat. That new visitor with your brother and sister who invite them to come, provide them with bulletins, song sheets if it's necessary, or give any information where the bathroom is. How do you take your children to the children program room? Do all kind of extra thing. Go to the second mile to make people. Feel so warm, welcome, and they meet their new friend. That is you when they come to the local church. These are two roles that you need to do as an usher. Next time, I will talk about two more roles of an usher. I believe that today you learn many good things about the ushering ministry. Please continue to study this lesson. In this class, Archering 100, and I believe after you finish the whole course, you're gonna be a very powerful archer, and you can train the next generation, and your church shall be edified. Jesus' name will be glorified. The vision of Jesus Christ in your local church will be fulfilled. Many souls will be saved. Many needy shall have their needs met. Many broken-hearted will be healed. Many oppressed people shall be set free, and the kingdom of God will be expanded because you are part of the ushering team. Thank you so much for listening to this teaching. I will meet you in the next message. God bless you supernaturally. Richly, and pour out His grace and favor upon you. Thank you again. Thank you for spending time with me again today for the lesson in the series called Archering 100. Today, I would like to teach you the second part of Lesson One: the roles of the archer. In the last lesson, we have learned that every archer has four tasks or roles. In the church, the first one was to assist and to help the pastors or the ministers, the preachers. 
And the second role that we learned from last time is that you are the public relation person of your local church on behalf of Jesus, on behalf of your pastor, and your local church. You are the one who will greet and meet with the members, the new believers, and the guests of the church first. Today, I would like to teach you the other two tasks of an usher. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be trained, to learn, to develop the life of ministry, to serve you, Lord. We feel privileged to be a servant of the kingdom of God. We are so glad that you called and chose us to be a soldier of Christ. And we want to participate in the Great Commission. We want to build the house of God. We want to be like King David, who want to be a part in building the temple. We like to be like Haggai, who encourage people to build the house of the living God. But we do it in this generation. We commit to you this time. We want to learn. Please, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, speak to us. Give us the truth and revelation from heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The third task of an usher is to maintain order in the service, in the meeting, whether the Sunday service, special service, camp meetings, or revival meetings. An usher has the responsibility to maintain order and orchestrate the movement in the meeting and also in the prime ministry lines. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 40. The Bible says, Let all things be done decently and in order. God wants everything in order by the leading of the Holy Spirit in order to achieve the harmony and order of God. You, as an usher, must recognize the spiritual authority that you receive from your senior pastor. You represent him on the ground at the meeting, and you are there to maintain the order for God. You need to understand that you are a watchman on the wall to keep everything in order and in peace so that the Word of God can be preached and be heard and the Holy Spirit can have freedom to move and to minister to the lives of people. You are one of the greatest God's main safeguards against Satan's schemes and devices that will bring confusion and distraction to the congregation. Why the pastor was preaching or leading the meeting or the worship leader was leading the worship, they can minister under the anointing without having any concern or worry about what's going on in the meeting. They can focus on the Word. They can focus on listening to the Holy Spirit. And they can minister fully. And the Holy Spirit will move and miracles will happen 
in the meetings. The salvation will come to the souls, and the needs of people shall be met. Consider yourself as a guardian of God's anointed. You are the one who prevent needless human interruption, distraction, or any kind of activities that will quench the work of the Holy Spirit. Some people come into the church with the wrong motive. Some people may be even sent by satanic church to destroy the church or the meeting. Some people have rebellious spirit, and they want to do whatever they want. They come in and they want to talk. They can talk out loud. They can pick up the telephone and they talk and annoy people around them, cause people to be upset because. The people who want to focus on God cannot hear the message, or people can do certain unruling activity that bother other people. Some people come in and roam around, walk around in the meeting, causing some distraction. We don't want anybody to lay hand on our members, or pick up the camera or the video camera to tape. Or to take picture of people, especially when people get touched by God, all these activities that cause disruption and disorder in the meeting should be watched and should be guarded by the ushering team. And we need to be the first line of defense against the diversions that can separate. The people's mind and soul and spirit from the word of God and from the flowing of the Holy Spirit. That is the job of an, an anointed usher. First Thessalonians chapter five verses fourteen to fifteen give us the excellent basis and principle for maintaining order in the meeting. Let me read to you. First Thessalonians chapter five verses fourteen to fifteen. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourself and for all. The Bible encourages us to warn. Those who are disobedient, rebellious, and cause problem in the meeting, the Bible also tells us to comfort the faint-hearted, to support the weak. When they come into the meeting, they may feel weak. We need to uphold them and help them, and we should be patient toward people. When people treat us in the wrong way, in the evil way. As an anointed mature archer, we should treat people with respect, patience, faith, and love. With wisdom, we should be tactful how to handle the situation. Sometimes, Satan can send evil people to come in to destroy the meeting, especially if your pastor. Move in the signs and wonders and supernatural manifestation. 
Demons come out from people. Many people got set free. Definitely, that really threatened the kingdom of darkness, and the devil is not happy. Or very reputable preacher in the body of Christ may come to your church as a guest speaker because he moved in signs and wonder and he preached the message without compromise. Some people may not like him and want to come to the meeting to stir up the confusion and distraction. As a good usher, you need to understand that this is the fact of life, and it may happen in your church meeting or revival meeting. You don't allow anybody to make an unauthorized movement toward the platform, toward the preacher. If that person doesn't stop, you need to take that person out of the meeting. You can tell that person to stop first. Don't go toward the platform or to the stage. But if that person keep going, a few archers need to come in and stop that unauthorized movement. Therefore, be alert in the meeting and understand that you have the responsibility to maintain order and to make sure that there are no disturbance or distractions in the service. And we should cover all the bases that happen. In the meeting, that is the third task of the usher. The fourth task of an usher is to receive financial offering. This is very important task as well, because if you do well, all the people in the meeting will be blessed. The Bible say it is more blessed to give. Than to receive, when people are able to give to the kingdom of God, they set themselves up to receive more blessing. They will reap the harvest. Therefore, you should do the work of an usher with a cheerful manner during the offering time. Your attitude, your body language, your facial expression, your eye contacts. Will definitely affect the congregation's willingness to give to the Lord. Offering actually have increased in churches after ushers are taught how to receive the offering very well. When it's time of the offering, usually the pastors say, "Now let us give to the Lord cheerfully. Let us shout for joy. Let us clap hand." The pastor will encourage people to give in faith and cheerfully, because God say in the Bible that God loves the cheerful giver. But this can happen. The archers came down the aisles, and their face looked like they are at a funeral ceremony. And when people look at the archers' face, They think that if I give this money in the offering bag, the money may go in the back door and go to a cemetery, and will be buried somewhere. And people start to have doubt: Should I give this financial offering to the Lord or not? You see, your facial expression, your body language, and your attitude will affect 
people's attitude as well. Their willingness to give will be affected by you. 85% of your communication comes from your body expression. Your face can tell people what is on the inside of your heart, and you need to make sure your heart is right when you serve the Lord. Therefore, before you go to church on Sunday or before you go to the meeting, I recommend you pray and. Cast all of your cares and worries upon the Lord. Put it at the feet of Jesus Christ. Don't bring worry, depression, or disappointment or negative attitudes into the meeting at all. This is how I served the Lord in the past 30 years. Actually, last Sunday, just right before I drove to the church. For the Sunday service, I got a phone call from the hospital that my patient was in bad shape and may be in trouble if I did not go back right away and try to perform surgery. Pastor Da, my wife, pray right away. I have to admit that I was very concerned because I don't want my patient to die. I drove to the hospital and God answered the prayer of Pastor Da. My patient turned around, so I was able to drive back to the church to preach. But I make a decision: I will leave this worry to Jesus. I'm gonna walk in the church with a big smile, happy. I know that in the natural realm, it's hard for me to do <laughs> because I just got burdened by the life and death situation. But I have to leave it to Jesus and ask for the anointing to come upon me. That I can preach the word of God by faith, in joy, and love, with compassion, graciousness. Usher should do the same thing. Maybe Saturday night you should listen to the good sermon or read the Bible that build your faith. And when you drive to church, you pray in tongue, and you ask the Lord to fill you with faith, with love, joy, with compassion, with the. Heart of loving the Lord and loving people, so that when you show up in the church on Sunday or in the meeting, your face will not look like a person who is going through bankruptcy, or you show disappointment, and that will make people feel that why I am here. Your guys who are the core team and the soldier of this church. Sound like you don't want to be here anyway. Why I'm here? It really discourages people when they see that your facial expression show discouragement or lack of faith. When you serve people, you need to leave those burden to the hand of Jesus Christ, and your face and your body radiate the love of God, the joy of the Lord, the kindness of the Lord. And the Holy Spirit fill you up to show the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The preparedness of the offering time is very important as well. You need to be well prepared. You need to know where the offering envelopes are, the offering bags or buckets are. You should be well prepared 
because the unpreparedness of the other teams will cause the pastor to struggle on the stage, try to a d l i b or try to come up with the idea to spend a few more minutes waiting for the usher to run around like a chicken in the meeting room, looking for the envelope, looking for the offering bag. Why this kind of unprepared situation happen in the meeting? The devil begin to work, and he will talk to the congregation about the sale of the nice purse at the shopping mall, or the electric bill that they need to pay. Those five minutes can cause the congregation to change their mind instead of giving tithe faithfully to God. Or give special offering to the Lord. They begin to think, "I think I should keep this money for that purse that is on sale right now." Wow! In the next few days, I need to pay my electric bill and my insurance bill, and they will pull back, and they will miss the blessing instead of being faithful in giving tithes and offering to the Lord. You need to be prepared. Sometime in your schedule, you read that the offering time will be right after communion. But the pastor can change his mind on the stage by the leading of the Holy Spirit that the offering come before the communion. Therefore, the preparedness of the offering bag, the envelope, should be done even before the meeting start, so that you can be ready any time. To take the offering, otherwise you're gonna run around like a chicken in the meeting. The Holy Spirit wants people to do everything in faith. In order to please God, we need to do everything in faith. So your pastor wants to encourage people to give in faith and by faith and in love. He will say, "Let us give." And believe that when you sow, you shall reap, and God shall open the floodgate of heaven to pour down the blessing upon you, that you shall not even have enough room for it. Give, and it will be given to you. Press down, shake it over. Okay, the Bible said in Hebrews chapter eleven, verse one: Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So let's cheerfully give. To the Lord now, the congregation will pull out the checkbook, the cash, and they have faith at that point. They write on the check now. They put the money in the envelope now, and the usher have the offering back now, passing the offering back now. The offering back passed one by one to people. They put the offering envelope now in the offering back. And by the end of the offering time, they all give by faith, and they even meditate in their heart. Wow! Today I faithfully give tithes and offering to the Lord, and I will be blessed. That faith is ignited in their heart because everything is now. But if the ushering team did not prepare, that now of the faith shall not happen. 
because you delay everything for five to ten more minutes before the passing of the offering bag can happen. My dear brother and sister, be prepared to allow the Holy Spirit to use you any time in the offering time of the meeting. Another thing that you need to practice is that you should not be a hypocrite. When we give cheerfully, and we want to encourage the congregation to give, it means that you need to be a tither yourself. You need to be a giver yourself. Your face cannot show when you pass the offering back, whether you are a hypocrite or not. You try to encourage people to give, but you yourself don't want to give. Please experience the blessing of giving and the grace of tithing and giving to the Lord. And you can have faith yourself. When you pass the offering back, you pass it by faith. Hey, you know, I experienced myself the blessing of tithing and giving offering to the Lord. That faith and the experience of joy and surplus that God has given to you shall be radiating out of your face. One, you have the job to support and assist your pastor. Number two, meet and greet people who come to the meeting. Number three, maintain order in a meeting. Number four, you have the responsibility to do the offering time. A question come up. Can women be archers? You need to understand that God created Adam and Eve. God created a man and a woman. And all of us are unique. We all, whether man or woman, have a special place and purpose in our life. Yes, the answer is a woman can be functioning and serving and ministering as an usher in the church. In fact, if both husbands and wives are ushers in the ushering team, it will build up the atmosphere in the church. The congregation will see that, wow, this is a family church. I join a family. I'm not joining an organization because husband and wife serve God together. There are certain situations in ushering where a man usher can cause some uneasy feeling to the people who attend the meeting. For example, a woman is trying to comfort her crying baby in the sanctuary. If a man usher show up, she may feel a little bit intimidated and the man would not know how to handle a woman with a young baby. But if a woman actually show up and try to give assistance, she would understand a mom. She would be able to comfort and help that mother to handle the baby or how to take the baby out of the sanctuary. Because a woman will understand another woman. God can use the woman usher to minister to people. Sometimes when you line up people for the 
prayer ministry lines, the woman can help another woman or kids in a gentle way, because the man may be a little bit too strong to handle or to minister to a woman. The woman usher can also use the cloth to put on the people who kneel down or who lie on the ground when they are touched by the Holy Spirit. It's very awkward for a man. To put the cloth on the woman body because you have to look down and see the body. I recommend the woman usher become the one who put the cloth on the people that lie on the ground. In the book of Romans, chapter 16, Paul asked the local church to recognize those ladies who minister faithfully in the body of Christ. Romans chapter 16, verse 12, the Apostle Paul said, Greet Trifena and Trifosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Women can serve the Lord in the Archer's ministry. At the end of this teaching, I would like to ask you to raise this question in your own heart and ask yourself so that you can be a better and more effective usher in the church. The first question, do I represent Jesus and his church to the public to the degree that other people enjoy and have good memory of the church service and my relationship with them. Second question, do I represent Jesus to the unsaved people with my God-like manner or the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Love, peace, joy, long-suffering. The third question, because everyone is special and loved by the Lord. So do I strive to make everyone who comes to the meeting feel very special and loved by the church, by the pastor, and by the Lord Jesus Christ. The fourth question, is my soul desire in seating people is to preserve the order, keep safetyness, and also avoid any distraction. The fifth question, do I respect people who come to the church service and seat them safely and reverently? Number six, am I accommodating when seating people by trying to meet their requests? Or do I provoke them and cause them to avoid me because I'm rude to them and I don't want to cooperate with them? The seventh question. Are visitors treated with tender care, loving mercy, and a follow-up greeting after the service is done by me to them or not? Do I try to remember their name? Do I try to remember their face? And 
Go and greet them again after the service. The eighth question: Do I receive offering with reverence and cheerfulness, and keep the confidentiality involved in continuing offerings? You don't bring the thing that you know about people give five dollars and gossip about them that they give only five dollars in the offering bag. You keep the confidentiality, and you serve in the offering time with joy, with peace, with faith, and with love. Number nine: Am I invisible when I am assigned to take attendance, or do I like to stir up attentions with my presence? I want to be in the scene and everyone see me. I pray that you will not seek your own attention or people focus on you. You need to help people to focus on the Lord. The last question, number ten: Do I try to flow with and accommodate my pastor during altar calls and ministry time? Do I protect him? And try to help him the best I can. I believe you can answer all these questions yourself. It's a good checklist that you can be an effective archer. I believe that you learn a lot today. Many practical points of being an effective anointed archer in your local church. I will come back to see you next time, and teach you the qualifications. Of a good action, please come back to learn more, develop yourself, build a ministry, be a faithful servant of the Lord. If you're faithful in little, God will add to you more, bigger anointing, bigger ministry. And remember this: you never outgive God. Whatever you invest into the kingdom. You give your time, your energy, your spiritual gift, everything that you give to the kingdom. He will pay you back, and he will take care of you. He will bless you with the blessing of Abraham to the thousand generations. May the Lord Jesus Christ get all the glory through your life and through your ministry. Thank you again for spending time with me today. May the Lord bless you. And may the Lord will be with you all the time, and the grace of God will increase in your life. Thank you so much. See you in the next teaching. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at two zero six two seven five one zero four two. You may also visit our website online at www. NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty.